Hi, welcome to Anton Dose. This is episode 105. Now, we have big rumors and news about Rom, the Space Knight. We will get back to him next week. But this week, we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because I promised that we would talk about it eventually. And it uh, is still in theaters. It's still one of the big movies of the summer. And what a way to start off your summer. That's a really fun time. I saw this movie in the in a theater in probably one of the biggest AMCs I've ever been to on Staten Island. That was free comic book day, too. So me and my friend Bill, shout out to Bill, we went to uh, see, want to go see Guardians, too? I said, yeah, let's go. So we went to see Guardians as well. And uh, it was one of these big uh, theaters inside. They showed us all the trailers for all the upcoming movies, Indiana Jones and Oppenheimer and uh, The Flash and all this other stuff and The New Little Mermaid, everything. So then they showed us Guardians of the Galaxy and they do show an extra credit scene. So if you haven't seen it yet, Stay to the end because that's what Marvel is famous for. Also, if you haven't seen this movie yet, please don't listen to me right now. Go go turn me off. Okay, you're back and you've seen the movie. Awesome. So let's talk about it. Here's the I always start off with a quote when I review movies. If you know me when, when I used to write for the paper. One day, I'm going to build machines. And they're, me and my friends are going to fly off to here. And forever. Rocket Raccoon. Now, in this Guardians of the Galaxy movie, why do they have Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3? It's because it's the mixtape. Now, if you've seen the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the most prized possession Star-Lord has is the mixtape that his mother gives him. And it's all this great rock and roll music that he that he loves. There's a lot of callbacks in this movie from the first movie, and uh, that's the reason. Chris Pratt uh, returns as Star Lord, and he is mourning the loss of Gamora. Gamora is again played by Zach Zoto Solidia. I'm sorry if I screwed up that name, but she played Lieutenant Aurora in the new Star Trek, and she, uh, at, at this point in the, the uh, Guardians life, they're all living on nowhere. That uh, former head of one of the Celestials, these gods that were running around Marvel, planting seeds throughout the universe. So they've taken this head of the Celestial and turned it from, first it was a prison, and then it was sort of like a place like Moss Eisley. Now it's become like a colony where anybody who has no place to go comes to nowhere, run and headquartered by the Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, Star-Lord is not a happy camper. He's drinking and being sad. And into their lives comes another character that these gold people that the Guardians ran into, and they made this fellow named Adam. And they call him Adam Warlock. Now, at first, he's kind of like a teenage kid. So he is sent by this new villain who's not mentioned by name until towards the end. And he goes and attacks the Guardians. And they try to beat him up. And he's just too powerful. And what's he after? He attacks Rocket Raccoon, 
and he uh, beats him up so badly and activates this device inside him called the kill switch. That's a device that basically turns you off, and and uh, it, it's used in mechanical devices. So if you have to stop a train or have to stop a car or something like that, it'll, it, this kill switch will just put it offline so it won't uh, be damaged or damage anyone else. So they don't realize this is inside him. So now they, they, they stop Adam Warlock and, and uh, defeat him. He's wounded but not uh, dead. So Nebula and uh, Star-Lord rush him to the medical bay and try to put a, a med pack on him and to no avail. And so they find out about this kill switch and they realize they've got to find a way to uh, send this information that's inside his mind to uh, reactivate him. Because Rocket Raccoon is not just an anthropomorphic animal, he also has uh, mechanical devices put in there. Enter the villain. They go all over the galaxy. First they go to the storage center, and the new marauders, that's the pirate group that... Star-Lord was a part of, and they're being led by a character who was played by Sylvester Stallone, and they're also being led by Gamora. Now, this Gamora is not the Gamora that we know and love. She's sort of a new Gamora. She, uh, th- uh, the Gamora that we knew that was in love with Star-Lord was tossed off a mountain so that uh, the Thanos, her father, could get the Soul Stone. And so she um, gets it, and she died. So they went back in time in uh, Endgame and found her again, and she is uh, born again, but she's not from the same timeline. So Star-Lord is still trying to go wake up. So, you know, we were in love at one time, and she's like, I don't care. That Gamora is dead. I'm not your Gamora. And... So uh, even her sister Nebula is like, please don't bring me into this. Now, what's interesting about her, she's the woman that played uh, Amy Pond on Doctor Who, and you would never know that's the same actress playing this completely different character. Doesn't sound like her voice. Doesn't sound like it. I mean, she's completely covered in prosthetics. Her skin is blue. She has mechanical arms because of what Thanos did to her. Thanos is not a good dad. We, we vote him. Uh, he's not getting a card for Father's Day. Let's just say that. Meanwhile, speaking of really bad uh, people, the High Evolutionary. Now, he's an old-school Marvel villain. His first appearance, I'm sure, is going to go through the roof now. And I have a couple of his several appearances. He's meddled in the lives of many, many Marvel heroes. The Hulk, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four... He's battled Galactus. He's battled uh, uh, Spider-Man and messed around with his life. He brought back the clone of Gwen Stacy at one point in his very famous annual during a thing called Atlantis, uh, the high, the Evolutionary War. And it was just crazy. Spider-Man's like, you know, what are you doing here kind of thing. So, 
They first go to a storage facility, Mantis and everyone, and they go out there with these spacesuits, but they accidentally throw them out into space. Now they're stuck there, and the marauders can't come and rescue them. So they've got to find a reserve ship and get out. They use Mantis's powers to manipulate people's emotions. They use all their other tricks to find the information. They find out that the information isn't there and that they have to go to Panner-Earth, this counter-Earth that the high evolution has created. He created these creatures called bestials, which are half-human, half-animal creatures. He's basically evoluted them to like where they can walk and talk and speak. And he's basically, uh, he wants to be like a god. He wants to be, uh, he wants to correct everything that evolution has uh, obtained. But he is a raving lunatic. He screams and yells and so forth. While Rocket is sitting there unconscious, he uh, reflects on all the things from when he was taken out of the cage as a baby and experimented on and then to where he was brought to an entirely, you know, epimorphic uh so he has a bunch of friends, a warrus, a ferret, a rabbit, and a, another little creature. And they all pick names for themselves. And he figures one day he's basically working on a key to let them all out of their cages and escape. And then he's going to steal a rocket and, and get out of there. Now, mind you, all through this series, Rocket Raccoon never says, I'm Rocket Raccoon. Right? He just says, I'm Rocket. So, they go to this counter-Earth and the bestials. So, some of them separate and they go to the high evolutionary ship. He and Groot confront uh, the high evolutionary and he says, well, give me, he doesn't even call Rocket, Rocket, he calls him like, uh, experiment P711, you know, something like that. And so they find that the information is in one of his assistants' heads. So they grab him, jump out of the ship, and uh, they have to find a way to bring the mule, their ship, to them. And they do. And they uh, download the information into Rocket's mind, but it's not working. So he is now caught between life and death and he sees all his old friends and we find out what happens to that the high evolutionary thought they were failed experiments and they're not going to go to the new world he is so angry because rocket can figure out stuff that you can't you know in other words if you have a problem if you present it to someone else and give it to a fresh pair of eyes they can figure it out and the high evolutionary rants and raves and screams at Rocket saying, you know, why are you more intelligent than I am? I created you. So, and Rocket said, we're not going to the new world? No, you're not going to the new world. So Rocket tries to free everyone and they all escape. But then the high evolutionary guns them down in front of everyone. Rocket blows up and he just... It tears at his face and escapes. So then we fast forward back to where he's dying and everybody's standing around this uh, operating tent crying their eyes out thinking that Rocket is dead. So he runs into his old friends here in the afterlife and he says to them, 
His girlfriend says to him, Rocket, go back. They need you. And he says, no, I want to go and fly off to here forever with you. And he says, no, not yet. You're still needed. So he wakes up, and they realize they got to get everybody off this ship, and they've got to scuttle this ship, and they've got to destroy it. And so they do. But Rocket's like, not everybody's off the ship, Quill. we got to get everybody else off the ship. So they get all the animals off the ship. And he confronts the high evolutionary. And even Drax says, I kill him. He says, no, I'm a guardian. I'm a guardian of the galaxy. I don't do that. My name is Rocket Raccoon. I love that. So they leave the high evolutionary sitting there all beat up. And they, everyone escapes from the ship. These children, all these other people that he was experimenting on, and they all escape, and they leave the High Evolutionary in this scuttled ship, and it's destroyed. They have to bring nowhere there to get everybody out of there because it can travel on its own. So they get back to their own area of space, uh, Star-Lord almost falls off re- trying to recover. Again, another callback to recovering his uh, uh, mixtape, this uh, downloading thing that he has. A new, you know, one of those uh, devices that can have, is it 70s, 80s, all the music he wants. So he realizes he's got to go back to Earth. And so Rocket's like, it's over? We're all going to separate now? And so... He says, well, then he says to Nebula, you lead the Guardians. And she says, no, no, Rocket, I've got to stay here and I've got to make nowhere into a colony and help all these children. And Mantis says, well, I'm going to go off with these squid monsters. They need help. They need guidance. And I need to find where I really belong. So Drax offers to go with her, Drax the Destroyer, and he says, no, Drax, I need you to stay here and be a good father. You're not just a destroyer. So the new Guardians also, uh, they uh, rescue uh, Adam Warlock, and he has turned on the High Evolutionary as well. Is the High Evolutionary dead? Never keep a good Marvel villain down. And what I love about him, just like... Krang, or Kang, I should say. Kang. They let him be a villain. Please. You know, let these Marvel villains be villains. Let them be evil. Because that's what they're supposed to do. He has no conscience. He doesn't care. He wants what he wants. But don't count him down. So Because they've killed him off in the comics a couple of times. And... He's uh, come back several times. And I'm sure that he'll probably make an appearance either in Fantastic Four or Avengers or one of the other books. So, there you go. Uh, and I like the purple outfit. And I, well, just like they did with uh, Kang, they had him wear the purple outfit too, just the way Jack Kirby drew him. Okay. So... In that, so they basically pledge their loyalty to Captain Rocket. They say, Rocket, you lead the Guardians. You're the leader. So he takes the newly formed Guardians to help them. And they play that uh, come and get your love. So in the end, 
uh, Star-Lord goes off on himself. The extra credit scene, he goes off to see his grandfather, and he said they're eating kid cereal. You've got a grandson. I mean, I'm not going to tell him to mow the lawn, but he should really mow the lawn for you. Not not, not somebody else. He should mow the lawn. I should really not, like, so the, the screen fades to the legend of Star-Lord. So will that be a new movie or a television series on Disney Plus. We'll have to wait and see. James Gunn has gone off to run the Marvel, the, the DC universe, changing a lot of the stuff that they did because they've had lots and lots of problems. Okay, so is Guardians of the Galaxy good? And should I go see it? Absolutely. If you love the first two, you'll love this one as well. It's a lot of fun. We get a conclusion to our, our friends and our characters, and we'll see them probably again in new Avengers movies as we get closer to when Kang or the High Evolutionary or whoever becomes the new big threat. Okay? Uh, as for Rom, uh, Rom is and, and the Micronauts, if you know those names, have been bought back by Marvel. I guess Hasbro just didn't know what to do with them, so they sold them back to Marvel. So we will see two omnibuses from them, and, and you won't have to, if you're one of these newer guys who doesn't want to have to collect a long, hard bunch of comics and buy a long box, you can uh, buy it in this. Uh, I will probably buy one of the omnibuses for Rob. Okay, so we will continue with Rom's adventures and the final conclusion to his story. All right, I'll see you again on another Anto Nose.